0: For more information or to plan your visit, check us out at CityWalkChurch.com or on social media at WeAreCityWalkCA. Happy Easter, CityWalk! How we doing? Oh, come on! How we doing this morning? And if you're watching online, we're so thankful that you joined us. Uh, Easter, as as other holidays are, are fun for a lot of different reasons. Uh, one of the reasons that Easter is so fun is, and also other holidays, is man, we, we like surprises. Does anybody like a good surprise? I mean, like uh, some surprises I ain't I'm not too sure I like. But but we like surprises. So when we have holidays, we get, for instance, man, on, on Christmas we celebrated that a few months ago. It's exciting when you watch somebody that's about to open up a present that you've, man, man, you think this is gonna be the, the, the present they're gonna love, and, and you watch them and they're surprised and excited, and, and man, you get excited. For some of you, today's an awesome day because you're gonna walk hand in hand with your little little toddler grandkid or with your, your little kid maybe for the first or second time because they're just little and they're going to go on an Easter egg hunt and they're going to open up that egg and they're going to realize, wow, this is better than I thought. You find the eggs and then there's actually good stuff inside of them and, and, and they're going to be surprised and excited and, and holidays bring with them surprises. I want you to think back over the last maybe six months to a year What's the last time that you have really been surprised? Maybe you're the family member that nobody can ever get, but they finally got you and surprised you with a birthday party. And you'd say, oh, they got me. I was surprised. Maybe you came home the other day and your wife had a little white thing that had a, I don't know, if it's supposed to be minus or plus if you're pregnant. But bottom line, she held some, this little test out to you and you said, Oh, how did that happen? I don't I wasn't expecting that. Maybe you went to work and and this isn't a good surprise you. You went to work and you man you thought you were doing a great job and maybe you were doing a great job, but because of some cutbacks you were called to an office and they said, "Hey, surprise, you no longer have a job here." In our family, one of the ways we used to surprise Each other when I was growing up, and it was the same reason that I now lock my door when I'm taking a shower, uh, is, which is probably a good thing to do anyway, Uh, but in my family growing up, we always tried, and we, man, we put strategies together. We got super creative at how to do this, but we wanted to throw cold water on the person in the shower, and that was just kind of what we did in the Fincham house, And, and, and that was fun until my wife tried to do that to my middle brother, My middle brother, Matt, is the nicest of all of us. By far, he's definitely nicer than me. He's definitely nicer than my younger brother. Uh, He's just a better guy all around. And so, I mean, this is like the last person that you would want to embarrass. Well, my wife, at that point, I think we were only married a few years. She decided it was going to be her time to surprise. Matt's so innocent, so he didn't even lock the door when he was taking a shower. And Lori went to pour cold water on him and accidentally hit the shower curtain and the whole thing went down and their relationship has never been the same uh, because of that. But, but you, you've been surprised different things. And when we're surprised, whether it's a good surprise or a bad surprise, surprises bring with it a lot of emotion. There, there's fear sometimes, there's joy, there's shock, and, and surprises bring a lot of different emotion. And, and this weekend, whether you're somebody that's a follower of Jesus or maybe you're investigating faith, maybe somebody promised you a really good lunch if you would come to church with them, so you're here. Well, this weekend is a weekend that we talk about a couple surprises. A couple surprises that Jesus' followers got that first Easter weekend. See, Jesus' followers, they had put put a lot kind of And and I did kind of put a lot into the basket, you know, eggs in the basket, I think it goes with the weekend, but but they had put a lot into the relationship with Jesus, and hey, we're going to give up everything, and we're going to follow him, this is the Messiah, this is the king, man, this is going to go great, and then something happened at the beginning of Easter weekend that took them all by surprise, and Jesus was killed. And so these guys who had really focused on, like, this is the guy, we're giving up everything to follow this guy, found themselves afraid, they found themselves hurt, they found themselves confused, they found themselves devastated by the surprise of Jesus' death. And, And honestly, maybe for some of you, you've kind of felt the same way as it relates to religion, Maybe there's been a time in your life when you have said, hey, I'm going to go all in in this religion thing. I'm going to kind of do the, the list, and, and there's this ever-changing list that religious people tell me I'm supposed to keep, and so I'm going to try to check all the boxes. I'm going to try to keep all the rules and do all the rituals, and, and if I do that, maybe something will change, and that hole in my heart will go away, and, and something will give me peace that I don't have, and so you did that. You checked all the boxes, you worked really hard at keeping the list, and then you found yourself still, something's not right inside, still don't have peace, still feel like there's something missing, and you found yourselves maybe in the same place that Jesus' followers found themselves that Friday at the beginning of Easter weekend, confused, afraid, maybe hurt, maybe even to the point where maybe you wouldn't verbally say this and maybe they wouldn't have, but in your heart, you kind of felt like God didn't keep up his end of the deal. Like these followers of Jesus had given everything up to follow Jesus. And now what's, what happened? This, this whole thing just took us by surprise. Now he's gone and what's interesting is that weekend, it, it started off pretty good for him. Like it was the weekend of Passover and Jesus had invited his friends and said, hey guys, let, let's get together and let's have Passover meal together. And man, that wasn't abnormal. They did that. And so they, they got together with Jesus and, and Jesus had many times talked to them about his coming death. And at that meal, if you were to read in the Scriptures, you would see that, man, Jesus talked to them about, hey, guys, just so you know, here, here's coming up something pretty big. I'm going to give my life. And, and if you're a lady here, you can understand this. When guys get around food, sometimes we don't listen well. <laughs> we're eating, we're enjoying our food, and, and you're talking, and, and we're, we're looking at you, but sometimes we're, it's not registering. And, and that's probably what was happening, because Jesus is like, hey, guys, I'm about to die. Hey Peter, can I get the gravy over here, buddy? Yeah, and the rolls. Hey, hey, John, get your hand off that roll. That's my roll. Get it back to me. And and that's kind of what happened. He told them about his death, and they didn't catch it. And then he said at the end of the meal, he said, "Hey guys, I'm going to go up to the garden of Gethsemane. Local garden. Would would a few of you guys be my kind of come and pray with me?" Yeah, sure, Jesus, I'll, I'll come pray with you. And so a few of his followers, kind of his best friends, went and they after dinner, we were praying with Jesus in the garden. Most of them fell asleep while Jesus was praying, but, but something happened. While they were in the garden that night, a group of guards came, and, and they took Jesus, and they arrested Jesus, and it was, it was in that moment that things began to go south, and, and Jesus' followers, their worst nightmare began to play out. And what's interesting is that evening as as Jesus is arrested and he's being taken away, you would think all of his guys would kind of hang out with him and stand up for him. I mean, it's it's like the toughest time of his life. And and Mark tells us that every single one of them ran away. Mark says it this way. in, In Mark 14, he says, then they all deserted him. They ran away. Now a certain young man, and it's Mark, he's talking about himself, wearing nothing but a linen cloth was following him. They caught hold of him, but he left the linen cloth behind and ran away naked. You're like, Mark, a little little too much information there, buddy. but, But here's what's interesting. If you find yourself skeptical, and I get it whether you're watching online or you're here this morning, if you find yourself skeptical of the whole Jesus thing, maybe a little skeptical of the resurrection, I get it. But but verses like this should at least make you reconsider. That they should at least make you maybe lean in and, and take another look because the way these guys wrote themselves into the story, if they made this up, they would have never written themselves into the story this way. I mean, Mark he writes himself into the story. He says, Hey, I was so scared. I literally ran out of the garden naked. Mark, why would you say that about yourself? Because that's what happened. And a few verses later, Hey, my buddy, Peter, he cowered to a middle school girl. When she asked if he was a follower of Jesus, why would you throw Peter under the bus like that? Mark? Because that's what happened that night. And while all his followers were running scared, Jesus was put on trial and he was put on a few trials that night and false witnesses were brought to testify against him. And it was during that evening that the religious leaders put him on trial. They brought false witnesses and they began to mock him. They began to beat him. They began to torture him. But then they got to a spot where as religious people, they didn't want too much of the blood on their own hands And so they decided to involve the professional killers, and they went to the Romans and said, you guys are really good at this, and we kind of don't want to get all messy. This is actually like a holiday weekend for us, and so could you guys go ahead and do the deal for us? And and they put a little political pressure on the leaders of the kind of Roman leaders, and and so it was the, the Romans that actually took Jesus, and they were like professional. They were really good at killing people and torturing people and that's what they did. And Mark, he describes Jesus' last moments on the cross after about 14 hours of torture and mocking and false trials and false witnesses and lies. Mark says this in Mark 15 verse 33, it says, when it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And it was in that moment that Jesus, God's son, who had never sinned, who had lived a perfect life, he was now 33 years old, and he took on the sin of the world. And he took on the sin of the world, and he paid for that sin so that you and I would never be abandoned. He was abandoned, so we would never have to be. And it says this in verse 37, Jesus let out a loud cry, and he breathed his last. For Jesus' followers, the world had radically changed. None of these dudes were heroes. None of them were expecting this. They were all caught off guard. They were caught by surprise by his death. Their hope was crushed. Their way forward, which seemed so clear just a few days ago, was totally gone. They were afraid. They were devastated. And so literally they just went and hid. And if the story of Jesus, if it ended with them taking Jesus lifeless body off the cross and putting it into a grave, then honestly, we wouldn't be here today. I sure wouldn't be there'd be no reason to be here. But it was the second surprise that weekend that changed everything for these guys. Changed everything for his followers and has been changing things for people for over 2,000 years. And Mark says it this way as he begins to describe the second surprise. In Mark chapter 16, he says this, he says, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so they could go and anoint him. Shocker, the guys didn't do a good job anointing and fixing the body for burial. And so the ladies had to come and like fix what the guys didn't do. So the ladies are coming and they're, they're planning to, you know, put spices on the body, kind of do what they did to kind of get a a body ready for kind of being buried and staying there. And it says this in verse two, very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they went to the tomb at sunrise. And as they're, they're going, they're kind of talking. It says, they said this to one another. Who, who's going to roll that stone away? Oh, did, did you? I kind of forgot about the stone. Who, who's going to roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? Who's going to do that for us? It's like, Mary, I mean, you, you've been working out and Salome, I've seen you doing the Beachbody videos. I mean, you're in pretty good shape, but I don't know. That's a big old rock. And I don't... Who, we got all the stuff but man this might create a little issue because there's no one to move the rock. So so they it says this in verse 4 looking up as they they kind of get there to their like happy surprise they notice that the stone which was very large had been rolled away. So when they entered the tomb they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed like I mean, they were expecting to go and to see a body and all of a sudden they look, there's no body, but there's this dude in a white robe just standing there smiling at them. And to to say they were alarmed is an understatement. And the angel says, hey, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See right here. See where he was laid. This is where they put him. He's not here anymore. And so, hey, instead of hanging out here, he says, Hey, go tell his disciples. Go, go tell Peter. He's gonna go ahead of them. He's gonna go to Galilee. I, I want you to go tell the guys that Jesus is coming to see them because he's not dead anymore. He he did exactly what he said he was gonna do, he rose from the grave. And, and Paul, he tells us kind of what happens over those next few days as Jesus begins to show himself to people. Uh, Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, he appeared to Cephas, whose name is Peter. He appeared to Peter. I mean, he and Peter kind of had a little issue. And so he, it's cool that Jesus went to see Peter first. And then it says he went and saw the twelve. Then he appeared to over 500 brothers and sisters at one time. And Paul says it this way, most of them are still alive, but some have fallen asleep. Basically what Paul's saying is, hey, Jesus appeared to over 500 people. And if you don't believe me, you can actually go ask them because they're still alive. Some of them have died, but most of them are still alive. And then he says this in verse 7, then he appeared to James, who was his physical brother. Then to all the apostles, and then Paul talks about himself, and last of all, as to one born at the wrong time, he also appeared to me. See, the the surprise of Jesus' death, it caused his followers to be afraid. It caused them to be confused. It caused them to be hopeless. But the surprise of his resurrection it gave them hope. It gave them courage. It gave them peace that honestly, for the rest of their life, the world would not understand. They they would not be understood the rest of their life because of the the hope they had. And, And maybe you're here and you, maybe you push back a little bit. Maybe you're watching online and you'd say, hey man, I get it. I'm here. I know the, the whole story. Jesus died, rise from the dead. But come on, Chris. Well, I got to push back a little bit. Well, like what if these followers of his, what if instead of him really rising from the dead? I mean, we all know he died. History tells us that. But, but what if they just kind of, to keep this movement moving forward, they just kind of faked the resurrection and he never really rose from the grave. What if, what if that was kind of what happened? I don't know if I totally buy into the fact that that he went into a grave and he really rose from the grave. And that, that's a good question. Valid. But, but here's what I would do if I was you. I would, I would lean in a little bit on this, this point. Both secular and biblical scholars point out that the same men who ran the night Jesus was betrayed and killed gave the rest of their life proclaiming that he had risen from the dead to the point where they were tortured and every single one of them but one was killed because of that. So, so here's why you want to maybe lean in a little bit because bottom line, if you aren't willing to stand up for someone when they're alive why would you give the rest of your life go through torture and death to keep a lie alive when you wouldn't even stand up for the guy when he was alive i mean if you can just go down the list i mean peter the night he was he, he died he, he betrayed him and he he said he didn't even know him i mean you see all these guys mark's running out of the he's running out of the garden naked all these guys ran but you can, you don't even have to look in biblical history, just look in secular history at how these guys died. Some of these guys, they died the most gruesome, torturous death. And if, 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 if you weren't willing to stand up for Jesus when he was alive, why would you keep a lie alive and give yourself the way they did at the end? See, there's a lot, that's a lot to give up for a lie. And these facts and others are why we believe that Jesus really lived. He really died to pay for our sin. And they really put his body in a grave. And he really rose from the grave three days later. And it's why for the last two thousand years he has been transforming followers of his all over the world. He did it when it, you know, right when it happened, and then he began to transform century after century after century, continued to transform people. And usually, when when you think maybe you're not somebody that goes to church, maybe you used to go to church but you were hurt by religion, so it's been a while, and you'd say, Chris maybe you're watching online, you say, dude, I I get it, but you don't don't get the baggage, man. You you don't understand the baggage I bring. You you don't understand my past. You don't know some of the stuff I've been involved in. You you, you don't understand the story. I get that Jesus wants to have a relationship, that he wants to transform, but you don't know my past. Or or there's people on the other side and they're, man, they're so Moral. Like I do all the right things. I I give money to the right things. I go to church. I do all the, the moral things and I check all the moral boxes. And so in your mind, you almost think I don't need a relationship with Jesus. And here's what we need to think about is God's not intimidated by your past and he's not impressed by your morality. He wants a relationship with you that will transform you from the inside out. That's what he wants. That's why Jesus came. And today I'm thankful that we have some friends here that Jesus has transformed. And some of my friends in the band are going to take just a couple minutes and they're going to share their story of how they've been transformed. And then I'll be back. Hi, I'm Corinne. I thought I knew God because I went to church. I sang in the choir. I was an usher. I was a praise dancer. And I went to Sunday school every Sunday morning. I didn't realize I was religious without a relationship. I had high morals.
1: I was a virgin. I tried not to cuss, but I still had no relationship with God. It was more about my appearance of godliness than it was about knowing
0: him. Then God showed me that my heart was far from Him with pride and self-righteousness, and that I too needed a Savior. I started really seeking Him and began to learn the difference between knowing about Him, doing things for Him, and then actually knowing Him. Knowing Him has brought wholeness, satisfaction, and rest.
2: Hello, my name is Laura Beth. I was born into a family of mental illness. Jesus called me to himself when I was just seven. Growing up was not easy. There was both love and tragedy. Mental illness was passed into my generation. In 1992, my nieces, aged six and eight, were killed by their father in a murder-suicide. My younger sister died suddenly, leaving behind three minor children. Five years ago, Our 29-year-old son died by suicide. My faith wavered over the years. Last month, my 13-year-old granddaughter had a life-changing stroke. She didn't die. The miracle of her survival and recovery have healed four generations of my family. Jesus has brought us through great sorrow to even greater joy.
1: All these pieces, broken and scattered, Mercy gathered, mended, and home, empty-handed, but not forsaken, heaven set free, heaven set free.
0: Hi, my name's Rob. I spent the first 22 years of my life climbing a mountain that was impossible to summit. My religion taught me what to believe, what to do, and to never question its teaching. I ignored feelings of confusion and trekked on through the clouds of doubt. Eventually, the reality of my hopelessness drove me away from church altogether. It was in that time, knowing God was there but not knowing where to find Him, that Christ captured my heart. Because of Him, I now know peace. Because of Him, I now have a purpose. Because of Him, I am no longer lost but I'm found in his eternal grace. My name is Steve. When I was 14 years old, my parents divorced. Their divorce was the catalyst that drove me into searching for a solution to the emotional pain I was in. I played baseball and tried to fit in with my friends. My friends introduced me to drugs. I began a deep slide into that culture. It was ruining my life. However, my search ended and my life was changed when people who cared about my soul introduced me to Jesus Christ. Since then, it has been my passion to reach young people so they can end their search with Jesus Christ.
1: Take our failure You take our weakness You set your treasure in jars of clay So take this heart, Lord I'll be your vessel The world to
2: see Your life in me Hi, I'm Susie. I grew up struggling with a low self-esteem. This led me down a long road of bad decisions. By the time I was 19, I had had two abortions and spent time in jail. One night, my brother invited me to church and I couldn't find a way out of it. That night, God opened my eyes to His love, and I placed my trust in Jesus as my Savior. My life was changed immediately. I met my husband, and we were excited to start a family, but we found out we couldn't have children. I felt like my husband was now paying for my past. I was filled with guilt and shame, but through counseling, I found Jesus is not a God of guilt and shame, but a God of grace and forgiveness. When we come to Him, He doesn't hold our sins against us. That day weight of my past to fall away.
1: Of time, raising up the broken to
0: life. Today, two thousand years after the surprise of the resurrection, Jesus is still transforming lives. And Jesus came, he lived a perfect life. He died on the cross, he rose from the grave simply so he could have a relationship with us and in the context of that relationship, transform us. And maybe you're here this morning and you would say, hey, Chris, man, I, I don't get all the Bible. I don't understand all about the stuff in the Old Testament. I I don't understand all about the theology of it. And I would say, neither do I. But, but, but maybe you'd say this, Chris, I, I do understand that I've sinned. I understand as I heard about a hole in the soul, I understand that I have a hole in my soul because of my sin. Chris, I I understand that Jesus died on the cross for that sin and that he rose from the grave to transform me, I get that. And I wanna start a relationship with Jesus. How would I do that? It's as simple. Would you be willing to admit to God that you've sinned? Would you, would you just be willing to say, hey, God, I admit it. I mean, he already knows, so might as well admit it. Would you be willing to believe that, that when Jesus died on the cross and that he wrote, when he rose from the grave, that he did that with you in mind? He did it for you just like he did it for me. And then would you be willing to say yes to the free gift of a relationship with Jesus and just say, Jesus, today I want you to come into my life. I want to say yes to a relationship with you that will transform me on the inside and then give me a home in heaven with you when this whole thing's over. As you think about that, I want us to bow our heads and close our eyes. Nobody's looking around. This is just a a time between you and God. Maybe you'd say, Chris, hey, I, I came here, somebody invited me, or maybe you're, you're the person that, man, you, you've not missed a week of church for years. But you would say, Chris, there's still a hole in my soul. There's still something that isn't filled, and I've tried a lot of things. Today, would you take this opportunity, would you wanna take this opportunity to say yes to Jesus? And to start a relationship with him. Maybe you're watching online. You're here this morning. If you're here and with every head bowed and every eye closed, you would say, hey, Chris, today I understand that I've sinned. I understand Jesus died and rose from the grave for me. And today I want to start a relationship with him. You can do that. What I'm going to do is as every head's bowed and every eye's closed, I'm going to just say a simple prayer. And as I pray this prayer out loud, you can say this prayer to God in your heart. You say, Chris, is this like a magical prayer? No, this isn't a magical prayer. In fact, prayer is not what saves you. It's what you believe in your heart. And we just tell God what we believe in our heart by praying. And so if you're here this morning or you're watching online and you would say, today's the day I want to start a relationship with Jesus. Would you just tell God, say, in your heart, say, God, I admit to you that I've sinned. I've disobeyed you. I admit that. Just tell him. Tell him that, hey, when Jesus came, when he died on the cross and rose from the grave, I, I understand that he did that for me. Just tell God that. And then just in the quietness of this moment, just say yes. Say yes to the gift of a relationship with God. Say, God, I want a relationship with you. Come into my life and transform me now. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you would say, hey, Chris, today I prayed to start a relationship with Jesus. As you were praying out loud, I prayed in my heart and I said yes to a relationship with Jesus. With nobody else looking around, if you you did that, would you just look up at me all over the auditorium? Would you just look up at me if you say, hey, Chris, I I prayed and I said yes to Jesus. I'm not going to embarrass you. Many of you around the auditorium are looking at me And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you prayed and you started a relationship with Jesus, there's a little card in front of you that says, make a decision. Would you mind doing something for me? Would you mind just filling out the information there? And just, you can check a box that says, hey, I started a new relationship with Jesus. And here's what we're going to do. We're not going to bug you. We're going to call you one time this week. I'll probably be the one to do it. You can not answer it if you don't want to talk to me. And I'm just going to call you this week or Pastor Steve's going to call you and we're just going to, man, congratulate you with your new relationship with Jesus and just ask you some questions and see if there's any way that we can help you in your faith. And so if you're here this morning and you prayed to receive Jesus or you're watching online and you prayed to receive Jesus, there's a spot online that you can click right above where we're doing this service and you can fill out a decision card as well. So would you do that for me? And then you can just leave it in your chair or you can drop it in the offering basket on your way out. And That would help us help you guys. Lord, I thank you for the free gift of salvation. If we had to earn it, we wouldn't be able to. But Lord, you, you gave it to us and, and you earned it for us. You, you took the penalty. You paid the price. You defeated death so that one day when this life is over, we enter the doorway of real life forever with you. And Lord, we're so thankful for how you love us. And I pray today that you would continue to transform us from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen.